Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You need be man, and you need to fix this problem. Julia. We need leave mm-hmm. or I leave. You choose. I mean, I love you. I want to do anything for you. But it a little bit upsets me that you're just like so easy, like, oh, I'll just leave. I give you my life. And you need to give me your life. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, 90 Day Fiance Edition. Was it just me? I It took me so long to watch this episode. I don't know if it's because Mercury is in microbraid or like what is going on, but like I was struggling, y'all. It took me an embarrassing amount of time to watch the show. And so now here I am, fairly late at night, the day before this episode was supposed to come out to talk about it, but fear not because I feel like there was a good amount of content. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's start off with, um, I guess Ciara and Jovi, we saw the least of them this week. Um, you know, last week Yara was not feeling so good. So she goes to the pharmacy, gets herself a little pregnancy test. The pharmacist says, good luck, sis. So she goes back home. Listen, well, first of all, she said that after her last miscarriage, her doctor said it would be pretty difficult for her to conceive again. So she's shocked, shocked on all cylinders. She's shocked because she was not trying to have a baby. She thought it was going to be more difficult for her to have a baby. She doesn't even know if she wants to stay in this relationship slash America. So she's all the way fucked up. 
she thinks it's bad timing and she's like i'm really not trying to take on all the responsibility that it has to have a kid i'm going to be sitting here alone because of jovi and his work schedule and again i don't even know where this relationship is going so she takes a test we hear a lot of you know bang 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 with the trolley in the bathroom she comes out says nothing immediately facetimes her friend and is like here you go pregnancy test up to the camera and her friend's like i know what i'm looking at but i can't believe it so congrats yara you're pregnant again (laughs) so she's feeling some type of way she is feeling some type of way and it's only a couple days until jovi comes back so she's like i'm just gonna wait see how I feel, go through, you know, my emotions personally, and then I'll tell Jovi when he gets back. Fair. I don't know how, like, this is not a judgment on her. Like, this is me. How do women find out they're pregnant and not tell their partner immediately? Because I'd be like, oh, like, I I couldn't do it. I'd be like, fucking Austin Powers when the mole guy comes out and be like, mole, like, I'm pregnant. How do you keep it? How do you do it? I can't do that. I can't do it. Good good on you guys. I, the restraint, I respect it. Um, so, ugh, Lord. The alcohol-soaked swo- Swamp Monster, a.k.a. Jovi's back. Yara is like, I'm really hopeful this time will be different, but I, ugh, <laughs> you know, I am feeling a little bit nervous because, frankly, the day before Jovi left, I told him, I wasn't trying to have a baby and now he's coming back and I'm going to have to tell him we're having a baby. (laughs) So, Oh Jesus. You know what? (laughs) Why? First of all, I have two questions. I I have one question. Why? So Yara gets to the airport to pick Jovi up. She's calling him. She's waiting around baggage claim. She's like, where are you? He's like, I'm changing. Why was he changing in the bathroom? aren't you just going home? I don't think he was changing at all. I think what really happened is when we see him come down the escalator, he was probably trying to enjoy a cocktail, but then he couldn't. He lied and said, I'm going to the bathroom. So he's like, damn, I only have uh, about a couple, two to three minutes before I have to come down there. And (laughs) you weren't changing liar. This man comes down with a full ass drink just chilling. And Yara's like, what is in that drink? He lies and says Coke. So she goes and smells it. And she's like, you're drinking whiskey. It is 8.50 in the morning, Jovi. What are you drinking whiskey at the airport for? Then Jovi gets all defensive and is like, oh, you know, I bet she would have a drink if she were on, if she were on the plane. So, you know, she drinks too. What? Why is she being judgmental of me? And it's like, no, Jovi, it is... 8.50 in the morning, you're not landing in the Bahamas for some beach vacation. You're going home from a work trip. Who wants to drink whiskey and Coke at 8.50 in the morning? <laughs> not me. Um, She makes him throw it away. This completely pulls her in a tailspin because now she's heard from his friend Sarah that he is like BFFs with every chick down to the stripper pole and now she's like here he is i'm picking him up he's drunk at 8 50 then he tried to say that he brought it from the plane no you didn't because that was a big ass cup that was like a good 16 ounce cup 
So you got that from the bar. You were fucking kicking it. You went to the Chili's to go or the Chili's at the airport and we're like, I'm going to party. That's weird, Jovi. That's really something that you need to look at. And it is completely fair at that moment where Yara's like, I don't think this is the guy that I thought he was. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I feel like that's all we saw of Jovi and Yara, if I'm not mistaken. So let's move on to Brandon and Julia. Ugh. Ugh. You know what? Silver lining, we didn't have to see any of Betty and Ron this week. So you know what? Thank God for blessings. Julia's feeding the animals and she says it's like a movie, but not like the movie where she had pictured herself as a little Russian girl of figuring what America would be like. She, this isn't Clueless Girl. It's Groundhog Day. Same shit. Every day. Nothing different. At all. She hates the smell. She hates the dirt. She's done playing with Simple Life. Paris Hilton is nowhere to be found. This is not fun for Julia. And she's over it, dude. She has had enough. She's so pissed off that she is <laughs> yelling at the pigs and the and the chickens to shut up. You know, when we get to the point where you're like verbally abusing animals, I think maybe we should just pack it up, right? She says, you know, when she goes through times of where she's struggling or where she's trying to figure something out, she goes to her father. So she decides to FaceTime her dad, wise, wise man. And first thing he says is, where's your crown, girl? And she says, I don't have a crown. All I have is dirt on my face. (laughs) She's fucking sick of living with Brandon's parents. She doesn't want to be palling around with a bunch of pigs. This isn't going to be a Templeton situation. She hates it. And her dad's like, he clocks it immediately. He's like, it sounds like there's a too many cooks situation. Meaning it sounds like you're butting head with Betty. True. We're all butting heads with Betty at this point. (laughs) And she's winning because Lord knows she's got a helmet on that hair. Um, She, you know, is like, you know that when me and your mom get married, the day after we got married, we moved into our own apartment julia says if she keeps staying on this farm she's going to lose her mind this is truly like julia is in white people's get out and i'm afraid that like one day production's gonna show up on that land and she's gonna be like lakeith sandfield who totally assimilated and we're gonna find her with like a tight perm and like curly hair i i'm scared for Julia she's like this is my one moment it's do or die we got to get out of here so her father is like you know what you're right Brandon needs to fix the situation he needs to be a man and he needs to put his foot down and figure out what works best for both of you guys so Julia's like yeah I'm gonna tell him that he needs to fix it we need to move out or I'm going back home (laughs) so Julia explains a little bit more about the situation, but I feel like we're still not getting the full, we're we're not getting the full scope of what happened. And by what happened, I mean, like what happened, what was the plan? What did they discuss in terms of Julia's participation with the farm, what she was going to be contributing? 
what the deal is. What she says was that Brandon, she told him right off rip before she even got there that she had no interest, did not think it was a good idea to move in with his parents. But he assured her that they would move out soon, but he was not specific beyond that. No date, nothing like that. Julia's had enough. She's tired. She, she's, <laughs> she went off and her, is it offensive to say broken English? Is it? I don't know. But I loved it. She was like, I tired. I not stay in my kitchen. I tired, not touch stuff. I'm tired of being alone here. I'm tired. Go sneaky room like a baby. Julia says, I not baby. Okay. I'm a woman and I shouldn't be have to like sneak in to go fuck my man if I don't want to. If, you know, I'm a grown ass woman. So she's like had enough. Brandon's still at work, but she's like, I don't care. I'm FaceTiming this dude. She FaceTimes him. <laughs> Brandon's like, I don't want to live here. Or excuse me, Julia's like, I don't want to live here anymore. Brandon's like, what's happening? What happened? What's going on? Calm down, Julia. Like he... It keeps acting like he has no idea where her emotions coming from, but she's like, I want to leave right now. Do you hear me? Like today. Brandon says, can we talk about this later? She's like, I don't want you to continue to tell me. Let's talk about later. it later. Let's fix it later. I don't want to hear this anymore because you say these things and you don't do anything. I didn't come here to clean animals. And if we don't leave now, I'm going back to Russia. Brandon then gets a little bit petty, a lot bit petty for me. And he's like, well, I don't understand what your phobia is with the animals. And, you know, why can't you feed a cute, cute, cute animals? And she's like, you're not acting like you love me. And because of that, I hate you now. And she hangs up on him. <laughs> and you guys, you know what? That's, that's some queen shit. It really, really is. I love Julia. I just do. That's a fact. So Brandon comes home. Let me just, let me just offer my perspective here as a owner of a pet business. I work by myself because I prefer to work by myself. Granted, I am one of those people who's very much like if I, um, you know, I would just, ra- if I want something done, I would just rather do it myself. With that being said, caring for animals is not just like, oh, you think they're cute and you want to do things for them. It takes a special type of person. It takes a special type of dedication. It's not for everybody. This isn't like every day's like fun day at the farm. And Julia has made it abundantly clear that this is not the life for her. She doesn't like it. And he needs to listen to her. I just, I just... I need to know what the deal is. Segway. Or whatever. Time out. Are we... Are you guys paying for Discovery Plus? Because I'm telling you right now, like, I know as of now they're not planning on putting uh, 90 Day of the Series on there. Um, But if they do, I'm done. Like, I'm not paying $5 or $7 a month to watch 90 day fiance so discovery plus i hope y'all know that and you guys can keep your little 90 day spinoffs over there have a great time 
with Danielle from Danielle and Muhammad's single life show and and I'm not watching. There's nothing on there that I've seen that I want to pay for. And if it comes down to it, like, that's it, you guys. I don't know who at Discovery Plus is listening. <laughs> but for those of you who are listening now, if 90 Day goes over to Discovery Plus exclusively, like, I, sorry, <laughs> not not doing it. Anyway, back to Brandon and Julia. So Brandon comes home and in a talking head, he says, you know, Julia doesn't know how lucky we are to be able to stay with my parents for free. And I'm trying to so hard to please her. But, you know, I just feel like my efforts are in vain. Literally fuck off, Brandon. Like he's now on his parents side. And now I see. Well, not now I see. It's more clear than ever that he his loyalty to Julia is conditional. It's conditional upon his parents approving of whatever the fuck he and they are doing. And that's no way to live. That's no way to be in a relationship. If you want to keep your family, of course, I get it. But you also have to like be your own person, Brandon. I don't like it. So he comes down, he sits down on her bed and he's like, you know, what's wrong? She's like, well, I told you on the phone it was wrong. (laughs) Brandon says, well, you told me you hated me and then hung up. She's like, yeah. So that's how I feel. I hate it here. I don't think that you want to marry me because we have problems every day and you don't sit there and do anything to fix it. Brandon says it's temporary and Julia's like, I'm trying for you. And Brandon then says, I think you're just making things harder for yourself. No. 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 For those of you who guys watch, for those of you guys who watch Below Deck, I'm going to give you guys an example, a clear example of somebody who's making things harder for themselves. Francesca. Francesca hates Elizabeth. She hates everything that she does. Elizabeth is clearly Francesca's bitch eating crackers. She talks to her like she's a stupid child, not even a child, like a dumb kid. And she stays on Elizabeth. Now, granted, I'm not going to say that Elizabeth is the best employee, but what I am saying is that it's, it's gotten to the point where there's nothing that Elizabeth can do. She can do no right in Francesca's eyes. And so at one point, do we just say, this is not the person that I fuck with. I don't care for this person as a coworker, but at some point being continuously mean to Elizabeth is only making your life more difficult. It's only adding more drama to your life. This is not the same situation. They have options. Julia's not marrying Brandon's parents. And sure, I think she is grateful to be there. But I also think, Brandon, you never gave her the full story of your financials and the reason why you had to, they have to live there. And you're really like making her love something that she has been very clear that she doesn't love, isn't going to love. We'll never love. This is not the lifestyle for her. So to say that like she's making it harder for herself is bullshit. You're making it harder because you are 
now putting her in a three against one situation where look at the here these american people who are looking at her like she's some spoiled brat princess who can't be bothered working with animals and that's not everybody's journey it's okay not everybody has to want to brush their horses every day it's not her horse you know and if she wanted a job as a farmhand she would get one like that lady who was carrying that hairless cat around so top that anyway i really have a lot of hate in my heart for brandon and his parents as you can tell um so what happens after that i don't know brandon says you know i would do anything for you but i'm just upset that you want to leave and you know i'm promising to be the man that you want me to be and you know then he says this is really like a huge risk for me both financially and also i'm worried that my relationship with my parents might not be the same to which all of america and the world says good nothing about your relationship with your parents needs to be the same not from what we've seen (laughs) not from what we've seen i'm still shook by betty's hot tub admission i'm never gonna be the same and that's you know that's on her Anyway, um, let me go to our next couple, which is Mike and Natalie. Let's see Mike and Natalie. So (laughs) Natalie has decided that after fat shaming, intelligence shaming, poor shaming, uh, class shaming Mike, that maybe she should be a little bit more gentle with him. You think, Natalie? (laughs) She apologizes for overreacting, but I don't recall Mike doing anything that she needed to react to. And like, Natalie, please don't make me defend Mike. I don't like that man, but you're making it so difficult. I have to pick a side. And at this point last week, you were wildin'. You were really tripping, girl. And I can't, I can't co-sign that as much as I want to. Like, couldn't she have said something about how the the fact that, you know, his hairstyle? Couldn't she have said something about that gray half zip up thing that he seems to be attached to? That performance fleece? You know, like, let's talk about something real, you know? And then, then maybe I can be on your side, Natalie. Um, Natalie is very tactical because we find out a couple days from now, Mike's mom is going to be showing up. So mm, there was a little bit of strategery happening both here and later in the episode for Mike and Natalie. And I clocked it. I just want you to know. So Mike says, you know, we need to learn not to fight each other and have patience and they hug. And Natalie says she has two choices to be married or to be right. And she wants to be married. Uh, okay. Okay. That's a choice. That's an opinion. The next day, they're in a better place. I'm using air quotes there. Like I said, we find out that his mom's coming that weekend. And Natalie's, like, nervous, right? She is very hesitant. She's like, I wish she would come later. I think that Mike's mom is going to pick up on my energy as soon as I walk in. Yeah, I think she probably would too. (laughs) I agree on that one, Natalie. Um, 
so Natalie asked Mike, do, do you think your mom knows what happened with us when we were in Ukraine? And it's like, uh, yeah, Natalie, everybody knows what happened when you threw that engagement ring back into the his luggage. Everybody saw that. It was on TV. Do you see these cameras, Natalie? That was like one of your bigger moments on TV. So, yeah, I think... He probably didn't even have to tell her. I think she saw it with her own two eyes. So Mike's talking about what his mom is like. And he says she's hard-headed. And Natalie's like, what is hard-headed? So he shows uh, the definition of it. And so she's reading through it. And then she gets to the point where it says not sentimental. She's like, oh, no, we're not going to get along. Because I'm a very sentimental person. And I just can't deal with somebody who's not sentimental. Mike's like, you're hard-headed too. She's like, no, no, I'm not. It's just my way or the highway. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> so Natalie is approaching this situation very tactically. She's like Super Mario. Mike is Princess Peach. And Trish is like, she's already defeated Bunk Uncle Bo. And Trish is like Bowser. Right? You guys, my knowledge of, like, Nintendo and Super Mario's is, like, from 1993, like, truly. So, I don't know if I said the right things, but I think, I think I mostly got it right. So, we meet Trish. Trish and her Tanya Harding bangs. I love her. I think she's the moment. And I think she's incredible. Trish is, like, you know what, Natalie is beautiful, but I don't have the best impression of her, but... We'll we'll work that out over the next couple of days. And you know what? She had the confidence, the quiet confidence that I like in a woman. I bet she's got a firm handshake. I love Trish. And the bangs. And the bang. Um so they sit down. Trish starts telling this weird story about how last time she was there she took Mike's cat out for a walk and they were on the driveway and there's tree is near the driveway I guess and she noticed that there were a bunch of scratches out on the tree bark and it was bear scratches from a bear excuse me climbing Natalie's like there are bears here <laughs> like you tell her the exact wrong thing she's like I'm just getting over the fact that this place is like a scary movie Uncle Bo could show up at any time it's cold we're having to rely on like, what do you even call those things? Like, a, <laughs> I sound so bougie right now. What, like a fire, it's not a fireplace. It's a um, Dutch oven is the only word that's coming to mind. And I know that's not right. You know what I mean? The fire, el the heating element in the house seems to be in the kitchen. She's like, you know, I'm just getting used to the fact that I'm having to use like a full on like logs to heat the entire house. And now you're telling me that there are bears. No. No. <laughs> so Mike's trying to explain, you know, yeah, there are bears. If you encounter one, just pretend like you're dead and they'll probably paw at you and they'll go on their merry way. She's, Natalie's completely freaked out. And Trisha's like, oh, he's just being playful. And Natalie's like, well, sometimes I don't know because he just makes that face. Like, he just has a straight face and, like, I don't know if he's joking or not. <laughs> so... Then, oh gosh, you guys, <sighs> Lord. Okay. 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So Mike, so like, Mike's mom takes a side. My mom takes a side. That's strange, isn't it? She's basically saying that like, everybody is on Mike's side and is rooting for her. Um, is it strange, Natalie? Not really. <laughs> so Trish changes the subject and is like, hey, um, you know, I'm looking forward to getting grandkids. Everybody's always asking me, like, so what's the deal with you guys having kids? And Natalie's like, well, I don't even have my ring back, so I don't know what our situation is. And then she says in a talking head, she's not even thinking about kids right now because she wants them to be raised in a good, healthy atmosphere. And that's not their reality right now. A lot of the times that I think Natalie is really delusional, but then other times like this, I'm like, okay, yeah. Thank God for clarity on that. So then she says Mike keeps her guessing and Trish is like, well, when you gave Mike the ring back, was that you, your way of keeping him guessing? Was that a test? Because you guys need to stop testing each other. And later sorry later they go out for dinner and uh mike you know we all knew this was going to be an issue right mike gets out a roll he wants to put butter she's like natalie's like eagle eye looking at him and says you know she asks him not to (sighs) dictating anxiety once again asks him not to put butter on the roll (laughs) trish is insistent that real butter is good for the mind i'm not even going to look up what that means but honestly i think she's right that sounds right to me the science adds up on that natalie then tells trish you know like i put him on a no meat diet and what do you think about that like trying to get an ally out of trish and she's like i think that mike should make his own decisions about what he wants to eat and i don't think that natalie really caught that shade but i did and i loved it um so then you know mike tells his mom Natalie hasn't unpacked yet and Trish is like well what's what's going on with that and 
Natalie's like, listen, we don't have a wedding date and I don't have my ring. So I feel very insecure. So Trish is like, what, what happened? Do you think, again, do you think it upset Mike when you gave that ring back? And Natalie's like, I didn't even ask. (laughs) What kind of relation, what do you guys, what do you guys talk about? (laughs) Kind of like when everybody found out about Courtney Kardashian dating Travis Barker, everybody was like, what, what could they possibly have a conversation about? This is what I want to know. What do Natalie and Mike talk about? Because all we hear is about what they don't talk about. So why do you guys like each other? What is going on? Um, so Trish says, it kind of sounds like you were testing him to see if you would get that ring back. And that's not good. Natalie finally admits in front of Mike that she messed up. And Mike says, I've never heard her say that, but I really appreciate hearing it. Natalie says, you know, she mentions what she really would like for the wedding is for her mom to be there. So Trish is like, okay, so why don't you guys set a date, get everything, get the ball rolling. You can apply for a visa for your mom. If things don't work out, things don't work out, but maybe just starting on this journey of getting married is going to help you guys move in the right direction. And then this fucking killed me. <laughs> Cause Natalie's like so relieved. She thinks that this was a whole breakthrough. Mike is thinking that this is a whole breakthrough. Then production talks to Trish <laughs> and Trish says, I'm not really pushing Mike them to set a date because I don't think things are going to work out anyway. But you just said them, girl, why did you tell your son to set a date if you don't think things are going to work out anyway? (laughs) You know what? Big ups to you, Trish, for doing the right thing. And by the right thing, I mean pushing the storyline forward so we actually have something new to discuss. Like, get this woman a production credit. Finally. Finally, we're all having a breakthrough. Finally. So the next morning, they're making breakfast. Mike and Natalie are making breakfast. They're trying to set a date. And Mike's like, okay, well, how about April 4th? (laughs) Natalie says she wants to have it on the 3rd because of, like, Jesus and the moon or something. I don't know. Something about the new moon and and the Holy Spirit. I I really don't know. Natalie, they all sit down for breakfast. Trish is there. Natalie says she just wants something simple. So Mike starts throwing around ideas of like, maybe we'll just get married in the backyard and, you know, we can just set out chairs and do something really basic like that. So Trish is like, um, do you have an issue with not getting married in the church? And Natalie says, no, not at all. She says the reason why she's being so cool about that is because in her religion, Mike would have to be baptized and she doesn't want it to be a lie. So we all know that Mike, unless Marvin the Martian is going to come down from Mars to baptize him, like that shit's not going to happen. So I thought it was interesting that she is surprisingly chill about that since she's so religious. And since in the first season of them, it seemed to be a big point of contention. The fact that he is like a alien, like a ancient alien believer, She's really making a lot of um, exceptions. And I have to shout out to you, Jody, from the Reality TV podcast. You brought up a great point of Natalie being 
a woman of what she deems a certain age and the investment. She has invested years into this relationship and maybe she's looking at this like, I just don't want to start over. And so there are a lot of exceptions that I'm going to make, a lot of passes that I'm going to give Mike because who knows if I get out of this relationship, who knows when I can meet somebody who knows how long it's going to be until we can start the process of like having a baby and getting married and all that stuff. Like, is it worth it to start all over? Is it more worth it to try and just invest myself into this relationship? I don't know. I think that is a very good theory, a very good insight from you, Jody. So even though I roasted you about being team Mike, I'm back on. We're friends again. We weren't friends, by the way. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Love you forever. But I, I thought that was a very excellent point that I had not taken into consideration. Um, So what happens after that? Okay, so Natalie's mom calls while they're all having breakfast. And Natalie's so happy because finally she gets to tell Mama we set a date. Mama is fucking thrilled. And they're just all having a good time she's so happy she hangs up the phone and (laughs) she's like oh great you know we have a date my mom knows this is gonna be great then Trish says she starts backpedaling a little bit and says you know you guys are gonna have to work at this relationship in the meantime right and Natalie starts to cry she says it's because she misses her mom and that makes Trish start to cry because she says you know I can empathize with the fact that she's left her mom She's in this new country. She's left everything that she knows. And she just wants a bit of like familiarity. I'm with you. But how did we feel about that crying? Because to me, it felt a little um, on purpose. And I'm not saying like, uh, we know that Natalie and her mom are very close. And I'm sure she's homesick. I know that. And I'm sure there are times where she talks to her mom and it makes her sentimental and it makes her want to cry and all that. I was very confused about why she just had this happy moment with her mom and all of a sudden she's like very sad. It just felt like she had made a point and made a plan to herself to... uh, prove to Trish that she was somebody worth marrying or somebody worth Mike marrying. Right. And so I just feel like some of the things that she was doing were to convince Trish that this was going to be the right decision and maybe not because she genuinely felt those things. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to let y'all sit with that and let me know if you guys thought about it. With that, let's move on to Stephanie and Ryan, my queen. My, I was about to call her my pill-popping queen. I shouldn't call her that. Do I think she's on pills? Yes. Should I say that she's a pill-popper? No. So let's move on. Um, the borders have opened in police. Finally, Stephanie's packing up to visit Ryan. She says, like, we've been fighting and not talking at all, so I'm really excited to see if everything will blow over, and I'm hoping to see if we can just let all this go. Okay. (laughs) I love Stephanie so much. (laughs) 
I might get Discover Plus for if Stephanie and Ryan get a spinoff. I might get Discover Plus for that. Y'all, y'all might get me on that one. So they haven't seen each other for ten months. We get this packing scene. Stephanie, she is packing twelve watches, including a three thousand dollar watch. Watch. She shows us all of these watches. Are like, where is she getting these watches from? Who needs that many watches at once? Who, why? And why were none of these watches in boxes? That's what I want to know. Stephanie seems like the type who likes to, she gets got, right? She seems like the type who would buy a lot of jewelry from, say, a gift shop on a cruise ship where they really mark up the price. They have these stores in New York where the they'll you know it's like uh, luggage and purses and random goods that they say are like oh they'll put all these signs out that are say oh big sale 80 percent off of this like these fine european luggage and and leathers and purses and all that stuff they'll say it's 80 percent off then you look at those prices they mark that shit up like 5,000% and then give you 80% off. So let's say a purse would be with no name and not a brand that you've ever heard of, not a label that you could ever dream of. And you, who would really buy a purse that you have no idea where it came from for $600 because people will come and they get got and they think they're getting a good deal when really they're just getting like some shit from like Bulgaria or what you know some country that it doesn't specialize in leather you know what i mean she seems like the type who would go into a store like that and just have a blast thinking that she's getting a deal when really she's getting screwed over <laughs> i need to know where these watches are coming from she showed that $3000 watch and it was like ugh her <laughs> she showed another watch that had like a he is like snake skin, but it had these like coral colored leather and brown. And she's like, oh, I found pants that were this perfect color of coral for him. I couldn't believe it. And I was like, yeah, I couldn't believe it either. Does that color exist in the real world? Like I'm surprised I could see it with the naked eye. I've never seen a color. like Hideous. Hideous. Where is she getting these watches from? Where? Okay. So... She's so excited, just throwing those watches, devil may care, into this luggage and like, let's hop, let's get on three puddle jumpers to get to Belize, right? She also has the ring that her dad gave her mom, her mom's engagement ring. She always thought, if I got married, this would be the ring that I would want to be proposed with. So I need to know how we got from last week, Ryan telling her like, fuck you, crazy bitch. You can stop that visa process if you want to. I don't give a fuck. I don't even know if I care about you to giving him a precious family heirloom and tying yourself to him forever. You know what? It really speaks to the power of hope, doesn't it? (laughs) So... Stephanie lands it. I hope you guys all noticed her mask was a picture. Like she was really, does she know Rebecca? Does she reach out to Rebecca for like, how do I get something with somebody else's face printed on any piece of fabric that you can imagine? Her mask was a picture of her and Ryan. Ugh. 
just kill me. I hate couple, couple, like, put her picture on some merch. Uh, I don't like that. I don't need, I don't care. You know, I don't care. Anyway, um, Ryan shows up to the airport dressed like a Target employee, red polo shirt, khakis. He, mm, mm. You know what? I'm going to pin what I was about to say for later. So she sees Ryan. She says all the negative emotions went away when she saw Ryan. And now she's on like, maybe love can conquer all mode. They get to the air, the hotel. And she's like, oh, well. And I love that she let him say like, oh, here's the hotel as if he paid for any of it. You know? she's like oh this is so great it's like well maybe he picked it out is this is this a resort that her friend owns that she is paying ryan to work at i wonder it looked quite nice um so they get to the hotel room luggage on the bed again you know if there are two things that we know for sure about everybody on 90 day fiance it's that they all put their luggage on the bed and every single one of them pronounces the word frustrated as frustrated everyone and now that i've told you you're gonna you're gonna put that in your brain put that in your mind's eye and remember that for later not (laughs) in the thousands of hours of me watching 90 day fiance has one cast member been able to pronounce the word frustrated it is wild (laughs) so anyway luggage on the bed she is in like full like divorced mom who only gets their kids on the weekend she's like oh pulling out all the clothes that she got ryan before she shows him all that says he's talking to production he's in a talking head and he says you know i don't really worry about um the clothes that she gives me because i think she has good taste but honestly i'd rather have the money than all the stuff that she gives me. And that's, you know, if we didn't know now, now we know. You were doing a really bad job at hiding this stuff, Ryan. Not great. Not great. So back to mommy. Mommy Stephanie's like, here's some slides. I know you wanted those. Go try them on. I know you were low on undies. So I got you those. I got you some sexy ones and some other ones that you could wear. And Here's a $3,000 watch. Don't lose that. I know you like to lose a lot of things, so don't lose it. Do you like your slides? (laughs) Girl. (laughs) Then she says, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars on Ryan, but I like to because he doesn't have much. And then she gives him like a, I don't know if you could call that a do-rag, but it was definitely something that went on his head and covered his hair and she made a comment something like oh you know because when we first met I saw you like this and this is like how I like to look at you so what about his hair do you not like to look between the comment of like I like him he looks better when his hair is covered and I like to give him stuff because he doesn't have much it's getting a little fetishy to me Stephanie is it's getting weird as Nene Leakes would say it's getting weird so then, then, she pulls out a 40-pack of glow-in-the-dark, quote, rubbers. I got you some glow-in-the-dark rubbers because I don't know if you've been a nasty boy or not. 
kill me? Can you just kill me right now? Imagine telling your boyfriend, I don't know if you've been a nasty boy. So here are some glow in the dark rubbers. And I know you don't like to wear them. So I got you some glow in the dark tape too. So we can make sure that you put it on. And then she says, I pretty much know that he's not been faithful to me. So why are you here, Stephanie? Why are you here? Then we find out that Ryan likes to fuck four times a day, six days a week. And look at our conscientious king allotting a day for rest. Ryan then says that basically Stephanie's old, but she can keep up with me. She can keep up with my 24, 24 times a week schedule. And this man is like, I just, I just, <laughs> I don't think Ryan is cute. He looks like Stefan from Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. And I would implore you because I know only upwards of 13 people watch Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. Look up, just Google Stefan. Just Google Stefan of Young and Pregnant. Tell me that doesn't look like Ryan. Do you find Ryan attractive? Because I don't. Granted, Ryan is very thin. He is very thin. He's not my type. I like him tall. And I, I like a larger daddy. Not not quite a Mike, but you know, some somewhere in between. He's so thin and I just feel like he looks like a child and that's not sexy to me and neither is Stefan from young and pregnant um so (laughs) I'm just picturing them and I I I gotta I gotta get out of here anyway so they sit down on the bed right where she put that luggage on so Stephanie's like you know I think in the 10 months that we've been apart, we've only really gotten along for like 30% of it. And we've been fighting for 70%. So while I'm here for these two weeks, we really need to figure out if we want to go through with the K-1 visa process. Ryan is like, you know, we don't fight when we're together, when we're face to face. And I'm dedicated to making sure that these next two weeks are the best two weeks of your life. So good that you forget about all the 10 months of bad stuff. And also... Like a week and a half ago, when I told you I didn't care about that visa and that you were crazy, I also would like you to forget about that. I'm sure he's planning on, you know, fucking the pain away. I don't know how that's going to work. Wouldn't be working with me, but, you know, good luck to you, Stephanie. Um, So <laughs> then Stephanie's like, I just wonder, like, if you done anything to change like I don't know not hitting up women on your whatsapp and Ryan's like I keep telling you I'm committed so Stephanie's like okay well why don't you uh, go over your phone let's uh go ahead and unlock that and we will see what's up or whatsapp really since that's how you contact women so she scrolls through and the only person she sees is like a lady named Kayla who's Kayla he's like, oh, well, that's my cousin on my dad's side. And, oh, this woman, that's my sister and blah, blah, blah. She's like, yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> so um, he's in the clear for now. Then the clear for now. He says in a talking head, though, like, basically, he's not trying to make it hot because he wants to go to America and see everything that America has to offer. <sighs> so later they go to dinner. 
Ryan orders himself a nice grilled crab. Not on him, I'm sure. And Stephanie is really trying hard. She's trying so hard to catch Ryan in a lie. But you can tell they're doing the dance together. She's trying to catch him. He knows that she's trying to catch him. And so he is like maybe half a step ahead of her at every point. And it's not quite working, but it is enough to shut Stephanie up. So she starts out by saying, you know, buttering him up, right? Saying, oh, you know, thank you for letting me see your phone. I really appreciated that. And I think, you know, this is a really good step for us about transparency and stuff. And then kind of slyly being like, did you think I was going to ask you to look at your phone? And then Ryan says like, no, well, I figured you wouldn't. This is him playing the game back. And so she says, why not? I've asked you every other time we've been together. Like it's kind of a big thing for us. So it's a little bit weird that you would think this time after the 10 months of us fighting that I wouldn't ask for your phone again. Because I usually make it quite a big deal of it. And so then Ryan says, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just thinking about you landing safely in Belize. Bitch. (laughs) And while you were thinking about her landing safely, you made sure to disappear and delete and tell people block who got blocked for two weeks. That's what you should be looking at, Stephanie. Look at the trash folder and look at who is on his blocked list. And that's how you do it, Steph. That's how you do it. Let a millennial handle this. You know, we can't, Gen Zers can't be playing millennial games because we got it all figured out. He had all the time in the world to get rid of every bit of evidence and put it in the, in the right folders and, and make sure to do everything they had to do. So there's no point in even having this conversation. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's no point. Because he did what he needed to do to keep his side of the street clean. I can guarantee you that, Stephanie. It was The conversation was a complete moot point because she's never going to get her answer. He won. He won. So she says, you know... Ryan can be very convincing, but I'm not convinced yet. So then she brings up the issue with the visa and COVID. And she's like, you know, 
how are you feeling about our future? Because who knows what could happen? All these delays that have happened. And Ryan's like, well, you know, we put in the paperwork. It's, there's nothing we can do about it. She's like, yeah, you're right. And, you know, Ryan's like, you know what? I just know that one day I'm going to get there. I just know it. And Stephanie seems to think like, oh, this is a Ryan that I love. And it's like, no, this is, well, I mean, it is, but it's also the Ryan who just has his eyes on the prize and the prize isn't you. It's not you. It's not the ugly watch. It's not, um, love, marriage, kids. Uh, it's not even that old cat that you left at home. It is to get to America. Why aren't you seeing that Stephanie? (laughs) I don't get it. So then... She pulls out her mom's wedding ring, engagement ring, and says, you know, we've discussed engagement before. And, you know, if you and I decide to make things work, that's the ring that I want. So it's up to you now. She hands him that ring. Ryan says, you know, I just want to prove myself to you. And when we get to that point, I will, boom, pop the question. You guys, I forgot that Stephanie has a secret. And the secret is that she fucked Ryan's cousin and Ryan still doesn't know. I die. This is the best possible situation. Now, granted, usually nine times out of 10, I hate when the Americans put all these conditions on the foreigners like Brittany and Yazan making all this big deal about what he's done for her and what he hasn't done for her when really she has this whole secret about being married. This I'm loving. I am loving it. How is she going to tell him that she fucked his cousin? <laughs> How is she going to do that? This is going to blow up in that beautiful Botox face of hers. You guys, let's finish. Is this our last couple? Yes. And, well, could we even call them a couple? Andrew and then also Amira. I'm not even going to say Andrew and Amira. It's Andrew and then also Amira. <sighs> okay, so first of all, we need to talk about what happened on the internet what happened on instagram clearly clearly andrew is pussy popping and backpedaling because he is the villain of the show does anybody like andrew does anybody think that there was one moment where andrew has acted like a normal human being and not a complete narcissistic sociopath it apparently not because he is now clapping back He is clapping back in such a weird way, in such a way that is clearly, obviously, he knows he fucked up. And so he's trying to point the fingers, very Trumpian, trying to point the fingers at everybody else and say that everybody else is a problem. So what Andrew has been alleging is that this was all Amira's idea. He's saying that, that she was the one who was in those forums, just like he was. It was her idea to plan the trip to Mexico. All of this was her idea. He has no idea. He called Amira a liar. He said that she was fame hungry. And he's making all this stuff, all these claims about Amira's father and how he wasn't really in her life. And he's been homeless off and on. And like, he... Amira's dad also didn't like try to contact her while she was in the detention center, even though we clearly saw that he was trying to, but they knew the phone was off. So like really what could he do? I don't know, but he is blaming everybody. And 
he says that that Amira should make take full responsibility for the decision to go to Mexico and that he was calling 90 Day a silly little TV show and that he's the real one and that he doesn't need the fame or the lip fillers or the filters and all of that. And it's like, okay, okay. So the first screenshot is like two screenshots of text messages. Um, though it says, you can't see what the first text says, but it says, it starts off saying, you seem sure it's not possible. And she says, my situation changed. And he says, what situation? Oh, sorry. This is him. So it looks like it says, she's saying, are you still in favor of Mexico? He says, you seem sure it's not possible. And she says, my situation changed. She says, he says, now it's not illegal for me to go to Paris. And she says, I can't do the back and forth. You are making decisions. And he says, okay. And she says, I support whatever you choose. And then it's like plans to, you know, asking if he booked a ticket, um, you know, saying when it, you can come whenever you can in Mexico, there's nowhere to rush. I can fly by myself to Puerto Vallarta, no problem. Um, so then his, the captain says, here's the truth. Amira was the one to make the decision. She was on the forum. She bought the ticket. She chose the date and much more. Want to see something interesting? Ask for her detention paperwork. And then it says, choose who you want to believe. I've shown you the actual evidence in these texts, and it's laughable if you just want to ignore what's written on an official government document. My integrity is worth may, way more than a silly TV show. No need for fame, lip fillers, or filters here. Y'all never met a real one like me. Or <laughs> you can believe me, a fame-hungry liar who was, has every reason to be in lockstep to achieve that fame. All I ever did was support someone else's dream. My presence on your screen um, is even further proof of that. I honestly never needed or wanted this show. Ha ha, four crying laughing emojis. Keep that in mind when you decide to believe. Then there's another screenshot of the text. Um... I truly, like, I honestly can't believe what, there's a a logo, a sticker that says bad liar. And then it's another conversation about like, just to be sure, is our decision to wait or do Mexico? And, you know, he says, I will take the entire responsibility of it in front of blank. Because he censored it out. Um... And then he says, like, I'm going to kiss you all over your face, whatever. She says, I will respect whatever you choose. I love you. Sleep well, my everything. So why would you tell her that you were going to take responsibility for it? And she says, so just to be sure, is our decision to wait or to go to Mexico? And he says, I'm waiting on next week. I love you. And she says, okay, sounds good. And then he says, thank you. I'll take responsibility in front of it, whoever. And she says, I'll respect whatever you choose. So what are, what's, what is that? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't, I don't understand why that is like irrefutable proof in his line. So apparently Amira posted the, um, the detention center, uh, paperwork. So I don't know who he's trying to pull the okie doke on, but I'm still not convinced and I'm absolutely team Amira. 
So let's start to talk about them. Amira's back home in France. Finally, she's got 39 days left on her visa. Andrew is still at the resort living his best life and pretending like he gives a fuck about Amira. He's like doing selfie footage of like, oh, here I am eating a pile of whatever the fuck that is. It looked like, I don't know, like peach cobbler or apple pie or something. It was clearly a dessert for two. The waiter brought them two spoons. Him brought him two spoons. And he's like, Oh, wasn't it nice? This other spoon could have been for Amira. Okay. So we go back to Amira and she says, the Mexico trip was my worst nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. Amira's dad finally picks her up and he's like, let's have a drink, girl. So we finally get answers. Amira says, Amira says, like, I feel guilty that I even put my dad in this situation. He would have to worry for me. Yeah. Yeah. So they sit down. He's like, give me the tea, girl. What's happening? Amir says, I landed at 730 in Mexico. By 8 o'clock, I was back in the immigration office. Like, no chance of me doing anything. They took her watch, her phone, her passport. She says that the reason that they wrote for detaining her was that they didn't have her. She didn't have a passport. But they put it, the paperwork, in the bag with her belongings which had her passport in it so then she says you know she hasn't spoken to andrew really but she's still hopeful (laughs) about the whole situation and amira's like amira's dad is like andrew's not a man and he needs to change a lot for him to become a man so then we head back to mexico and i will be damned if this pasty little bitch made us watch him get rubbed down having a massage and he says now that Amira's safe I just want to practice some self care and get a massage excuse the fuck out of me (laughs) you are like well I guess I'll make the most of it let me get a couple's massage I'll I'll be sure to get a couple's massage and during it I'll talk about how much the other massage was for you and how this would have been a couple's massage for both of us I hate this man and I never want him on my screen again then he continues to say ever since I got to Mexico I've been incredibly worried about her but I've already covered work and I need some healing right now, so I decided to stay here and indulge in the trip. If you need some healing, you need to go to the red table with Jada Pinkett Smith. Somebody call Willow. What do you need to heal from? (laughs) The massage that you got? You're going to take a nice nap after that? Beautiful. I hope he got a hot stone massage and I hope they burn the fuck out of his back. I do. I hope there are little stone burn marks on his back because he deserves just, just one, you know, just one to make him feel it. Okay. Sicken. He sickens me after he gets a rub down and then he gets, you know, belly full of those gorgeous marbled steaks that he took video of and palling around. I guess production must have told him like, hey, do you want to act like you give a fuck about this woman? Because we're not going to continue bankrolling these extra large margaritas and rub downs. So he sits down on the uh, couch and FaceTimes with Amir and is like, how you been? (laughs) What? 
how you been? How you been? <laughs> I'll be damned. I'll be damned. Amira's like, um, well, how I been is, is that I've been on four planes in the last five days. How about you? He starts gushing like he has no frame of like what she's been through. He's like, oh, you know, I went to the steakhouse last night. You would have loved it. And Amira's like, <laughs> why haven't you gone home? Andrew and he's like well you know I have all these tours planned I was gonna go on a boat and blah 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 she's like oh well aren't you booked you can't be bored there can you (laughs) and Andrew's like well yeah (laughs) like he didn't get it at all how sick that sounded go home Roger then Andrew is like you know what we have less than 40 days and the countdown's real so you know, if we can't get your visa extended, maybe we're going to have to try this whole thing again. And Amira's like, Ugh. yeah, but when you say let's try the whole thing again, you mean we, but I'm really the only one who's going to be trying anything. I'm the only one putting themselves back in this situation. Hello? <laughs> she says in the talking head, like, I am speechless that he is even thinking that. And Andrew's like, well, I'm just putting ideas out there. You know, no big deal. It's really, you know, I'm about to take a siesta. So, you know, we can talk about this later. Amira's like, it seems like he doesn't really see what I went through. And now between the fact that my dad hates him and how he's talking to me, I suspect that he might not want what's best for me. It's like, yeah, girl. We all suspect that. Oh my god. He is a true monster. Monster. That's the end of this week, you guys. Ooh, I cannot wait to see this man suggest that they go to Serbia. <laughs> like, I, ooh, I want to see this man go down in flames. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Love you.